All right. Welcome to Equal Time Soccer. I'm Matt Pravratsky, and we have a very special show. We have a mega episode. We are getting co-hosted by Maya Hayes, currently an assistant coach on the Gopher Soccer staff, but really to the West, rest of the soccer world, known for her playing start her scoring stardom Maya you were a stud at Penn State in your in your college years and then played in the NWSL but give folks a rundown of um of sort of your your shiniest moments in your career and this is where you have to brag about yourself because you know yourself best so you you officially have to brag for folks okay that's fair yeah um yeah so I uh, I played at Penn State um I was I played uh 2010 to 2013 um I was my sophomore year uh, leading goal scorer in the country, uh, had 31 goals, uh, was a Mac Herman Trophy finalist, um, along with two uh, Stanford players who had won the national championship that year. Um, unfortunate for me. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, my my freshman year, I was able to be a part of um, a U-20 national team uh, that went to the World Cup in Germany. That year, um, we got kicked out a little bit early, so don't like to talk about that one too much. And then uh, my junior year, I was fortunate enough to um, once again be on the 20s and go to Japan um, for the, the World Cup that year. And we actually uh, we actually won, uh, which was a pretty big deal. Um, there's, a, there's a Minnesota connection to your 2012 U20 World Cup run, Maya. Cassie Coleman of Minnesota fame was on that team. That's a throwback for us like a decade ago. <laughs> yes, yes, she was. Uh, yes, yes, Cassie and I did play on the same 20s team together. Um, it was a pretty awesome experience. Um, and then uh, that same year, as far as college, we actually made it to uh, the College Cup. Uh, we played UNC in the final. Um, it was the first time in a lot of years um, that Penn State had made it to the final. So it was a pretty big deal. Um, and then I went on to be drafted my senior year uh, in 2014. I got drafted to Sky Blue um, in the first round of the NWSL draft. I think I was the sixth pick. Um, ended up playing about four years for Sky Blue um, before I stepped away um, to get into coaching to get my master's um, and then completed uh, my master's down at Auburn and a graduate assistant coaching position down there as well. And so we are lucky to have Maya here coaching with the Gophers, but also because of her NWSL cred. So she will be co-hosting along with us. The show is essentially, as you all saw in the promos, we want to give Minnesota fans an excuse for a road trip this summer. Once you've been vaccinated, once you can take the Amtrak or as I joke, take the Jefferson lines bus down to Kansas city. And so we have two fantastic supporters groups and two members from each to sort of pitch us on on why Minnesotans should sort of choose their Midwestern NWSL team. And first up, we have Christian and Lauren from Chicago Local 134. Welcome to the show. Thank you. We're excited to be here. Yeah, thank you. First of all, a huge thanks to everyone who decided to be on this show who responded to a random cold DM on Twitter. So everyone, everyone gets huge props for being a very good person about this. But... <laughs> First of all, let's jump in and for let's pretend Minnesotans sort of maybe they follow the national team level. Maybe they've watched a game here or there. Maybe they watch the Challenge Cup, but they don't follow the league super closely. Who are some of the sort of headline stars um, for for Chicago that folks maybe would know once you sort of give them that reminder? Well, I was just listening um, to Maya and I think I think maybe you just missed um, our 
um, goalkeeper, um, uh, Melissa Nair, right? I think he, maybe it was a year or two. Yeah, literally. Before, yeah. yeah. He was a senior when I was, she was a senior when I was a senior in high school. So we were okay, really, yeah. Yeah, it's a part. She's she's she she's one that um doubles as a big star and a fan favorite. Everybody everybody loves her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, go ahead, Matt. No, who else? Who else, Christian? I mean, I think our team has gotten a lot of uh just very lucky with like an embarrassment of wealth in terms of stars. So we have a lot of national team players. So Julia, it's obviously uh Tierna Davidson, uh Casey Kruger, um you know, Morgan Gattrall, Gattrall, sorry, <laughs> um, are just like a handful of ones that are pretty regulars in the camps and, uh, you know, have some World Cup medals. Mm-hmm. And some of them that Christian just mentioned, you might know by other names too, right? We've been fans for a while and we have we knew Julie Johnston and Casey Short and uh, right. Morgan Bryan, but they, they all have a little bit updated names now. Right. <laughs> They keep us on our toes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and what's what's the vibe been like in Chicago, sort of transitioning out of the Sam Kerr era with her um, overseas? <laughs> and you can you can go ahead and throw all of your rotten vegetables at me for asking <laughs> you that question. I don't think you'll find two bigger Sam Kerr fans. We miss her. Um, I, I mean, I, I miss her all the time. Um, I, it's hard. I can't bring myself to watch Chelsea, but I hear she's doing well. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've limited myself to highlights only. It's yeah. uh, we we love her uh, and are so happy for her success. But of course, like miss her constantly all the time. She, I think, was uh, like just the talisman for the team. So yeah. we we miss her a lot. I think I think you know it's a big deal for a player leaving when like the literal league commissioner. I heard Lisa Baird on a podcast a couple weeks ago, and she literally like said straight up, Sam. You're always welcome back. Please come back. Like, I mean, she like pitched to bring this like big star, but that's how big of a deal. She it knows is. we would welcome her back. Yes. Right. <laughs> well, and I I actually got ahead of uh ahead of things. I jumped in too early. I also want to hear from you two, sort of how you got involved in the supporter group to begin with, because Chicago seems to have a really cool supporter culture. Just the responses to the promo tweets about you guys have like. <laughs> six different groups and people had very strong takes people were going in people were going in hard uh so lauren why don't you kick things off but both of you just talk a little bit about how you got involved sort of in the supporter culture sure i think i have a similar story to um any woman my age which or anyone my age which is that um i watched the um, 99 world cup when i was i think i was like 13 years old um and i got excited i you know i played basketball volleyball softball growing up never soccer just wasn't something that my parents put me in and so i kind of kept you know kept up whenever it was like olympics or world cup over the years um and it wasn't until the 2015 world cup that um i I had a, a friend who um he's a big he's a big fan of like well, he's a Chelsea fan. I have to bring up Chelsea like three times now. <laughs> but um, he, uh, we were watching the World Cup games together, and he said, "Well, you know, some of them, you know, some of these players play in Chicago." And I didn't even know Chicago had a team at that point. So we went to um, the first game. They came back after the World Cup, um, and it was, I think, it was like one of the first or first time in a while that the Red Stars had sold out. That's when they were playing at um, at Benedictine, which is a smaller a smaller stadium. It's a college field. Um, and, uh, we went to that, that game and just had the best time and ended up, 
Um, I think we went to two or three more that year. And then I got, and then I've had season tickets since then. And I joined the supporters group about a year or two after that. And one of the reasons it took a while was um, I sort of didn't know how, you know, right. and I didn't know, can you, can, can you just go over and stand with those crazy people? Is that like allowed? Um, and so one of the things I've been trying to do, I, I run all of our like social media stuff. And so one thing I try to do is make it really clear and easy for anybody who wants just literally just come to a tailgate, come in our section. Doesn't matter where your ticket is. We have general admission, come over. You can talk, you can sit if you want to. We prefer if you stand, of course, but you can, you know, you can catch on with the, with the songs and just, it's just weird. We just want to be welcoming for any Red Stars fans. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, um, I started coming to, to Red Stars games with the double headers that they would co-host with the Fire. Um, uh, usually once a season for the last few years, they've they've had both the teams play back to back, and so I, at that time I was already going to Fire games, and so got introduced to the team that way, um, and started you know just making some connections with some of the 134 fans who. Um, we're already going to fire games or were new to me and uh, made a couple uh, of good connections and found, just really wanted to find out more and go see more. So um, yeah, I, you know, I, that was probably around 2015 and I've just kind of slowly been creeping my way in more and just the last couple seasons started getting season tickets and I've been really happy with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our, I, our season tickets are um, uh, they they were one hundred and thirty two dollars, and then we we honestly are probably the only group ever in history who said, "Can you make our tickets two dollars more so that they're like one hundred and thirty four dollars, like our group name?" <laughs> wow. That's yeah, that is that huh. is different. I, that, yeah. I yeah, asking for a price increase, although worth it. I think yeah. the two dollar trade off is worth it. L- Lauren, I really relate to what you said about like making the supporter culture more open mm-hmm. and accepting. Because even in Minnesota, on the men's side, before Minnesota United was in MLS, when they were playing up in Blaine and an exurb, you know, in, at the National Sports Center, it was still the type of thing where all the supporters seemed to be a friend group. Yeah. And like when I, I'm from like rural Northern Minnesota. And when I would go to games, even though I know a lot of them now and they're really cool, it was still this thing of like, I don't know if they're chill with me walking over and like drinking a beer with them in the parking lot. I don't know how chill they are. I've never met them. I just see them being really rowdy at games. So like, even, even now I, I take that same focus you have Lauren, which is like when I'm writing about the Gophers or writing about soccer, I'm trying to do it in a way that's just always sort of like um like welcoming and open yeah. but also just being really relatable and natural and not trying to put on like what a supporter is supposed to be or what right. a fan is supposed to be like just be yourself because there's no you know we can't really have gatekeeping in women's soccer we need to like we can't be closing the yeah. door yet we need to be growing that thing yeah <laughs> that's for sure maya you've been uh We'll get into this during the game day experience too, but what do you remember about playing at Chicago during your playing days? Um, We were a little smaller then. <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit small. Well, we did, I will say we played, I think we played the last year I played, I believe we played in the stadium. Um, I have vivid memory of that. And I feel like the game also didn't go well. Some- we also- <laughs> <laughs> we we also we should have just taken a moment and giving Maya props for being in like the the really 
like the the grinded out era of NWSL. <laughs> she did that labor yeah. so that we can be yeah. fans yeah. now. We I should have actually poured some out for Maya putting in that labor for all of us. Seriously. Um, yeah, that was that's something. That's something. I don't know if that's something that I like to put on my resume either. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, I will say we played at, at Chicago. Um Definitely at the stadium that you guys were at, like when where the fire play as well. Uh, I want to say 2017 is where we played, but I can't I can't even remember where we played prior to that. Um, was it I mean, in Chicago? Yeah, it's just a little town with us yeah. college that it was yeah. turf field and it had football lines on it and yeah. you know the, yeah. like other football lines. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. It's jogging my memory now. Um, so yeah, good old days there. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, always, I, I think always, I think Rory always has a good side, right? And so mm -hmm. just memories from uh, obviously those quality matches and and even when you think you're you're up, you're not up, right? So it's always a battle. Um, it's always a battle. And I think also just the players that, and I won't get into it, like I'll let you guys talk about it, but just some of the players that are there um, present serious headaches. Like I, I don't, I don't know if, many other teams in the league have such attacking minded outside backs um, that are willing to do the work literally 90 minutes, <laughs> literally okay. 90 minutes, and are very effective at it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Aaron Gilliland was not, not my friend in that, in that, yeah. in that sort. Um, and obviously I know it's not Gilliland anymore, but um, yeah, another one. Yeah. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Wright with a W. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, but yeah, so with that though, kind of kind of takes us directly into the next question. Um, who are some of you guys' like fan favorite, like, right? Because obviously there's always the big names that, for the most part, if you know soccer, you're gonna know that you're gonna know Julie Ertz, you're gonna go to, you're gonna know Alyssa Nair. But for you guys, maybe some of the the supporters groups favorites, um, maybe some people that kind of fly under the radar um, uh, for for the rest of everybody else. Who 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 are your go tos? We can tell you um, with the statistics to back it up that our favorite player is Sarah Gordon because she won our supporters player of the year last year. Awesome. <laughs> um, she's just, she's great. She's um, someone that, you know, we've watched her over the years go from somebody who was like a substitute to now she's like, you know, part of the core of the, the, the team and the things that she's doing outside of soccer, like this, she started a nonprofit. Um, she does all, she does like modeling, like she does, she's doing everything. And she has a son. I don't know how she has a son. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think she kind of embodies what we love about um, like Chicago Red Stars players is like, you know, she's local. She, she grew up in the area, went to college at DePaul and it's like slowly worked her way up to being, you know, just, us, you know, got a guaranteed spot on the on the on the sheet every week. So we love her. That's sure. that's why, and that's wild for like a DePaul player to work work her way up to. We have we have plenty of um, sort of star U of M players who try and either maybe they get late drafted in the NWSL, but they just don't necessarily try and grind it out domestically. They'll play overseas and they'll do that mm -hmm. kind of thing. But I think I I mean I talk to those women who are like hey, I don't know if I can hang just grinding it out with the team and earning my spot. So anytime I see a player like last year during the Challenge Cup or the Fall Series when a whole slew of these players were like getting like getting yeah. their minutes and proving themselves, I was just like cheering my ass off. I was like, oh yeah. my God, because they put in just years and years. So yeah, for a player like Gordon to just work her way up and now she's like a mainstay, you know, like 
in, uh-huh. in the conversation type NWSL player. That's so that's so hardcore. Maya, I don't know if you remember from when you were coming into the league what it felt like as a rookie to try and adjust to playing with like some of those other players. But what you know, what's that experience like for like those younger players coming in trying to like earn a spot? Uh, yeah, it's a whirlwind. <laughs> it's a whirlwind to say the least, right? Like there's always an adjustment even from when you go from club to college, right? There's always that adjustment period. And it's just interesting because that, that adjustment is different for everybody based off of where they played um, and what they're used to, right? So for me, like playing in the Big Ten, I was used to like the physicality piece, right? But what I wasn't used – and when I say physicality, I mean like getting knocked, right? Like people getting trying to knock you off the ball, that, that type of thing, right? But what I wasn't used to were people that could knock you off the ball but had the same athletic – abilities as you right it's like okay well i can also i get my ass knocked on the ground and also they're keeping up with me toe to toe right because that was that was the easy piece in the big 10 um like yeah that people could knock me on my ass but i could also run past them right um, if i made a foot race at nine times out of ten i was winning the foot race right and so mm-hmm. uh yeah it was definitely for me specifically it was it was definitely a different piece as far as like playing with players that not could not only put me down but also catch me in a foot race, right. um, even if I did get in behind, right? So you have to be a lot more savvy with that soccer piece, right? And I think mm-hmm. that's that's the piece um, where you see players grow the most, right? Because they, they're not necessarily going to change um, from a from a physicality standpoint, right? There, there's not going to be much change there. But their un- your understanding of the game um, is where you see difference makers, right? Who can catch on? Who has a good understanding to begin with? Right. Um, and who can catch on quickly with what their team's trying to do um, and really get get the hang of things from from that standpoint. Right. Right. Well, and who are and I know I know even like the teams I follow, there's always players who I don't feel like are getting their their the right cred or the coach isn't using them right or whatever. Who else other than like big time Sarah Gordon, who's just like so, so beloved by the fans there, who are some other sort of maybe niche players that either you two like individually or um, that you're sort of hoping will get a shot this year, maybe with, you know, a back to sort of a regular season setup. Well, I'm, I'm personally glad we have our, we, we you know, we kind of joke about um, Nick, Nikki Stanton is back now after being gone for a year and she's uh, our uh, yellow card queen, you know, <laughs> But she's she's someone, um, you know, the players that we like the most are often the ones who are like doing more off the field too. you know, like they're 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 supportive of us as supporters. They're they're supportive of the local communities, you know, Um, who else, Christian? You know, I I remember they're, they're kind of kind of in between just like stars and then just fan favorites. People like uh, Morgan Gatra, you know, she, we get the impression that she really wants to be in Chicago. She really loves being in Chicago and has thrived here, right? So she was kind of in this spot where she wasn't getting invited to every camp uh, for national team and has just really embraced her role and um, has really shined. And, you know, when she's healthy, she's always, she's, you know, she's going to be on that starting 11. Plus, like, in terms of embracing the fans, like, we had this, um, this, this, like, virtual, like, powwow with like um the supporters online and everybody was making their own banners and, and things like that t phone stuff and her and, and danny colaprico made one out of a shower curtain at their <laughs> shared at their shared place like and they, they like hand painted it it was amazing it's probably like it, it, i mean i, I can't think of anything one, more <laughs> yeah it's like and it, it was so intricate and you know and she embraces us and called us out like 134 and so like we you know we 
we can't help but love her and like you know want nothing more but like more great success for her like every day can you imagine so it's just like a normal day we're we're like promoting that we're doing this virtual tailgate with um um revolution brewing who is a local chicago um brewery they they were actually um we'll see what's happening this year but they we were in talks last year they were going to give us a keg for every tailgate which is awesome oh. Um, but so we were doing this virtual tailgate and then to be promoting that and then to get a DM from Morgan that's like, hey, can we enter the contest too? I was like, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Oh my gosh, that's so great. Well, and speaking of speaking of tailgates, you know, for folks who haven't gone specifically physically gone to a Red Stars game before, talk a little bit about sort of the game day environment and not just sort of once you're in the stands and and seeing you all up there sort of rocking the supporter section, but even sort of the the pregame stuff, maybe any March to the Match stuff, you know, are there are there hot spots where a lot of fans sort of maybe grab a drink before or grab a bite before or what's, you know, what's that game day experience like for the Red Stars fans? Yeah, Christian, um, tell about the bus. Yeah, so obviously uh, with the Red Stars playing in Bridgeview, it's a little outside of like downtown in the main part of the city. So we have a ton of fans that live in the city. So um, one of the really awesome things that a group of supporters started doing is riding this bus from one of the bars to the stadium. And so uh, there's this great bar called Reggie's um, and we had arranged this relationship with them and with the supporters group that I'm part of called Redline. Um, where we would, you know, we would meet down there and they'd arrange for this like ramshackle, like beat up old school bus. It's like spray, it's like tagged up on the sides and it's like, you know, it, it, it's like barely holding together, but it's so fun. There's no AC, there's nothing of that stuff. And so we just like ride that bad boy, like, you know, 20 minutes to the stadium. And so it's really awesome because before it takes off, we're meeting, we're meeting at the bar and getting to meet new people and, um, you know, interact with everybody who's new to the game or like, or you know, long you know, long time support, all that kind of stuff, and we'll ride that bad boy like, you know, sometimes it's like overheated, and we had to like pull over once, stuff like that. Like, you August, get there eventually, Chicago, you know. <laughs> yeah, you you get there eventually, but I mean that that part of it has been really fun because you know we have the supporters on the bus are really what's making the experience right. We're you know we're you, using our chants, making up new chants, all that kind of stuff getting and meeting new people, trading drinks, all this kind of stuff. And it's actually a really good experience from people from out of town because, you know, like, it, like if, especially if you're, let's say, from traveling from Minnesota um, and you want to stay in the city, it's a really awesome experience because you can, you know, it's close to downtown, so you can get over there. And um, it's like five bucks to get, you know, on the bus and ride it down to, ride it down to the, to the stadium. And then you, and then the bus takes us back and we have a really good time. And it's really easy to, you know, get back to wherever you need to or hang out. Just an important note, it's for Red, Stan, uh, Red Stars fans or Red Stars fans for the day. So just know, you know, other team fans on the bus. <laughs> so we, yeah, we can't have, so if you, yeah, if you guys are playing Kansas City and for some reason people are won over, yeah, we can't Yeah, those two coming like, up next, they're not allowed on the bus. We, never <laughs> <laughs> we love you, but sorry. Nope. That's a, that's a good, yeah, that's a good warning for sure. Well, and in the, um, you mentioned the stadium location a little bit. What's the sort of stadium environment in terms of, um, you know, general like size and, uh, you know, what are some things you all like to do or maybe some favorite like antics to mess with some of those uh, those other teams? Yeah, we um, there's a there's a nice parking lot and then there's sort of like a gravel parking lot. And that's where we are in the gravel. But, um, you know, we 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 put up um, flags and 
we have music and there's we often have a, a grill out there um our the new leader of our group uh her name is um, mal mal weber she's kind of our grill master um we've done gourmet grilled cheese we've done chili we've done everything out there so um that's our definitely our like really fun thing um a, a cool thing we did in 2019 was um sarah spain from espn before she was a red stars owner um she brought a bunch of people out to like one of the, the, the uh, last games of the year and she got budweiser to come out too because they had just been they just um became a sponsor of the league at that point and they brought out like um, cornhole games and bags, whatever. I, I don't know what you guys call it versus we call it here. You know, it's all, it's all the same. <laughs> yeah, and then, the uh, and then we had free bud, bud heavy, which we all had a whole summer of drinking, and we continue to, of course. Um, and uh, what else? We uh, we we oh, we've we've had um, we've had people out to um, um, register voters at our tailgates. Um, we've done fundraisers for like Brave Space, which is like a. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, black and trans-led um, nonprofit here in Chicago. Mm. We've done. Oh, we had. Um, there was a. Okay, where the stadium is located, they had a um, a, a, a congressman there who um, was uh, anti-abortion, and so he he is he was a Democrat, shockingly, but he um, was getting primaried by this woman, um, Marie Newman, and we invited her out to our tailgate and she showed up in like a red pantsuit with heels in, the, in this gravel. And we gave her our, uh, a megaphone and she was just yelling and, <laughs> and having the best time ever. And then she won. So now she's like a person. It's incredible. That, I mean, that's that's super yeah. legit. I I will say I work in politics for my day job. I I've never been able to have like a quasi primary rally at a soccer yeah. game before. So that's that's super legit. I can only imagine what her you know when her staff was telling her she was like what not <laughs> <laughs> like a hundred like um. People who were having a really I, good time, you know. I assume, I assume it was kind of a no regrets choice for her. She's like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I wonder if soccer supporters will side <laughs> with me. But yeah, that is well, that sounds so wild. I thank you guys so much for coming out. Mm -hmm. Lauren, you mentioned Sarah Spain. You all have a new set yeah. of, of owner investors, which is so exciting. I know, um, obviously, the the sort of ownership group was excited to get some new investment there. Sarah already has been everywhere, you know, talking about being the Jerry Jones of the NWSL. She's, she's had such a blast with it. And I love seeing um, all that investment. So really exciting for Chicago. I'm sure there'll be plenty of Minnesotans who, you know, once they, once it's safe to travel, they will be road tripping down Chicago. I yeah. promise you. Good. So we'll um, have a, we'll have shots of alert ready for him and don't Google it. Just come on down. Oh no. Oh no. Well, Christian, Lauren, thank you so much for being here from Chicago Local 134, repping the Red Stars. Um, the Challenge Cup kicks off, I believe, next week or April 9th, I think, is when the games when the games start. So, folks, make sure to to check out those games online, even if you're not traveling down, and um, you know, follow Chicago 134, Local 134, for all the advice if you happen to do one of those road trips. So, thanks so much for coming, you guys. Thank you. Uh, thank you. All right, Maya, I. I think they they especially showed some nice strength with the uh, the random all red jumpsuit uh, political primary move. I don't know what what else stuck out to you about the Chicago experience. Yeah, for sure. I will say the pantsuit was definitely up there. Not not not, not I've not heard of that one. Uh, 
too often. Um, I will say I, I like the idea of the bus situation because it reminds me of my college days because we did that in, in college. Like we actually, um, like up for our home games, we take, uh, it's called the blue bus, but we would take the blue bus from like our locker rooms, which was on the other side of campus yeah. um, to, to the field, right? And so that was like our thing. And obviously we're chanting and like egging on like uh, the opponent that whoever we're playing that day. So I will say a little nostalgic, a little nostalgic because I'm just picturing the, the, their bus situation and I'm picturing it was literally just literally what it sounds like a blue bus. Um, so it's a little nostalgic. So I, I, they might've got me on that one. I don't know. Yeah. Oh. Well, and I, I mean, I think they, the funny thing is both of these teams really play or at least, um, I actually will have to learn from Kansas city, but I, there are multiple teams in the league that have that sort of suburban stadium setup where you have to like figure out and Minnesota has dealt with that too. Um, and so we'll have to, we'll have to see how Kansas city handles that. But I think that was something I think a lot of fans can relate to because for years fans in Minnesota would do the pay for a beer and a ride up to Blaine and just like (laughs) ride up, you know, go up to highway 65 into the exurb. So yeah, for sure. I, I will also say today is uh, International Trans uh, Visibility Day. We want to make sure we recognize that. Trans rights are human rights. I want to make sure um, folks are sort of getting out there, speaking up, because there's been a lot of attacks in other states, thankfully not in Minnesota, but on trans athletes, you know, access to soccer, access to sports. So you just want to make sure we elevate that in this quick break in between. Um, and right at 7.30, or I think we're going to head in now, we're going to welcome in Danielle and Anna from Kansas City from the KC Blue Crew. Danielle, Anna, thanks so much for being here. I, you know, I thought Lauren was my friend. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm really re-evalu- uh, reevaluating how I feel. Uh-oh. So, I, oh, up friendships here, Matt. I, I mean, first of all, before we talk about anything, can we just talk about how Anna and Danielle are just crushing the wardrobe game. This they was are, not planned. Not. <laughs> that is how that is how true blue these KC Blue Crew fans are. This is this is blowing my mind. Maya and I are getting like we're getting blasted with fantastic interim branding. I will say when the when KC came out with that interim branding, I was like, wait, they're gonna change this. I actually kind of like this. I was like, the colors pop, the branding pops. So yeah, I like it. Well, so yes. Danielle, Anna, thank you much for thank you so much for joining us. Why don't you kick things off by just talking about how you got involved in the Blue Crew, and then if you want, you can also take us through the emotional journey of returning to the Blue Crew yeah. after the team came back from Utah. You can give us a a two parter. Yeah. Oh, and you also have to talk about if you truly were supporters of the team when they were in Salt Lake City. So I'll start and it's really funny. Um, I think both of our stories kind of uh, the day I became uh, involved with Blue Cruise, actually the day I met Anna and we became friends. I went down, it was the second season of the league and I went to the FC Kansas City was playing at UMKC, the college at yeah. that time. So I went down, I had just moved back to the Midwest and I decided to go to the tailgate just cause I didn't know anyone. And I was awkwardly standing there and she was awkwardly standing there. And so she's like, Hey, so you have a camera, do you take pictures? And, um, so yeah, and that's how, you know, we became friends. We started standing with uh, 
with the Blue Crew and throughout that season uh, really got involved. And it was great because uh, Kansas City won their first championship that season. Mm-hmm. So De- decent way to start your fandom. Decent, yeah. decent way to hook you in. Two in a row. How, how about you, Anna? <laughs> Uh, so I um, I started going to the games in that first season, but I wasn't able to really get involved because I was going to college in Nebraska at the time. And that three hour drive is just a nightmare to make every weekend. So uh, that second season I had graduated. So I was able to commit to going to every game. And like Daniel said, um, I went to that first tailgate of the season, didn't really know anybody. So just kind of awkwardly walked up to Danielle who was standing there by herself too. And then we ended up going to all the games and then uh, just kind of kept showing up and kept offering to help. And that's kind of how both of us got involved with Blue Crew. Mm -hmm. So you guys were talking in the first half about like how Maya, you were part of the like grinded out era of the NWSL. And so we are part of the supporter group culture back then. And it was, I call when I talk about it, I say it's kind of the Wild West and it's ridiculous how much access we had and what we could do. Literally, the players like came out right beside us and there uh, were no rules. No rules. <laughs> yep. Yep. I remember that. Didn't UFKC have like a track around the field as well? Yeah. yeah. Yes, we're all of that. (laughs) Yeah, the entrance to the players' locker room was literally, like, they had to walk through our section to get to the lockers. (laughs) And there was, like, tents on the track. Yeah, Yeah. it was pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Yes, I I remember all of it. (laughs) It's hard to forget. (laughs) Yeah. Well, when it comes to Utah, to the second point of yours, um, I'll be honest, uh, I did not follow the team. It was just so much emotion. It was hard. Um, I know some Utah fans followed us, um, followed the team back to Kansas City, and that's really cool. I didn't have the strength. I have a secret. I became a Chicago local member last year. Whoa. I did did too. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you guys. We didn't have a team, and actually, you know, I joked about it. I thought Lauren was my friend. They are actually our friends. We yeah. stayed at their houses, um, all that. It is real friendship. So we're like, well, let's support our friends and, you know, part of a supporter group. And then as soon as we started hearing rumors, I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, we peaced out as soon as we knew that we were going to have a team. <laughs> Before the announcement was made, I was like, I have to tell one person, like, hey, because, you know, there's an online chat they referenced. I had to tell one person, if anyone asks why I stopped talking, just be like, try to cover for me, because I don't need anyone to know. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's awesome. That's awesome. Maya, do you want to, or I can do this first one again. I, I broke our script the first time, so we can do it the same as last time. Who are some of the, who are some of the big sort of um, more headline stars for Kansas City? And I know there was some good sort of preseason, offseason activity too, but who are some of those sort of obvious stars for folks to, to jump to? Yeah, well, I think the biggest star, probably the biggest name that people would recognize is Amy Rodriguez. Hmm. Um, A-Rod's been around you know, since the begin, almost the beginning when it comes to uh, Kansas City. So she really was part, you know, she helped win those championships that uh, FC Casey won. 
And, you know, she continues to be a leader, continues to be a star. So I think that she's going to be the obvious one. Um, we have people like, uh, we have a lot of Canadians. So, you know, the Canadian national team, you know, Desiree Scott, um, everyone knows the Destroyer. So happy to see her back. So those are a couple. Yeah, we got Barney too. She's been around forever. <laughs> we love her. Yeah, Amy Rodriguez was just like, such a badass during the challenge cup last year too. Mm -hmm. I, wa I watched a bunch of those games and I would tune in and it was like, you, she was just beasting people. Like oh. she was just trying shit in the final third, but she was also just feels like so rugged. Like I, I felt like she was just like, uh, I don't know, just like unstoppable physically out there too. Like just sort of like Maya mentioned the adjustment to the league where someone's like not only fast and agile with the ball at their feet, but can also just knock you on your ass. Like it was, she seemed like that type of player to me where I was just like, Oh God, I'm yeah. so scared of her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, considering she's so nice and all that, she's scary. Like I wouldn't mm -hmm. mess with her. Mm -mm. <laughs> yes. She knows how to, she knows how to uh, flip the switch. <laughs> oh yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and then, so with that, right, so obviously those are a few names that most people will probably know, especially because they've been around in women's soccer for a while, mm -hmm. right? Um, for you guys, right, so maybe for the supporters group in general, like some, maybe some players that you, to you fly under the radar a little bit, right, of maybe some of you guys' favorite, favorite, um, favorite players that maybe aren't as mainstream as the, um, the few that you just named. Yeah. Um, well, I think that um, right away, um, Abby Smith is going to be one. Um, it was said today, Hugh, um, our coach, said she's going to be our starting keeper. Um, Abby's pretty special to us because we, uh, a lot of us know her family. And yeah. so we're really excited to see that. Um, so I think that Abby's one, and I hope she has a breakout season. And there's a lot of KC locals. Hugh loves his KC players. So yep. we have some of those. Yep. And I think really just like any of the players that are, are returning from FCKC obviously mm -hmm. are going to be special to us because we missed them when they left. So yeah. we're very happy to have them back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That local factor is wild too, because that's, that's a big reason you can build out the back end of your roster, or even just the second, not even the back end, but like the second half of your roster to have players who are willing to be sort of fringe roster players. Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier if you have that local support system. There's like, a, there's a reason Minnesotans don't make that gamble of like, I'm going to chill in a city. I don't know anyone as a chance to be like the 25th player on a roster with like no support system. Mm -hmm. But if you can be local, that's huge. So like teams that take advantage of that are usually pretty smart that they're like, Hey, mm -hmm. we can actually have a pretty strong 15 through 25 or even like 15 through 30, yeah. like with our reserve team by just pulling in some of these kids who happen to be from like the greater Kansas city area. Yeah. And Hugh Williams, I mean, if you're part of women's soccer growing up, you know, Hugh. Uh, so he's been, he's coached so many of them. He coached a WPSL team after, um, after he left FC Kansas city and, you know, when, when FC Kansas city was around, he really was the person who helped Flatco, um, you know, draft and recruit players. He knows the players. Um, so 
like you were saying, it's a great way to fill out a roster because he knows everybody in the area and everyone in the area knows him. Yeah, I mean, uh, growing up in Kansas City, I played soccer when I was a kid and I went to his soccer camps when I was a child. So he's been known in the KC area for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm, also just, I'm also sure just like the piece of, because how, how often do you have a head coach, right? That like, how often do you have somebody part of the staff that actually like connects to the community? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's a huge piece. Like most of the time it's somebody, it's somebody from somewhere else, right? right. That coming in to coach this team or to, to manage the team. Um, and you, you don't get that. <laughs> you don't get that. Yeah. Somebody that's actually connected to the local community. Um, and obviously for years, not just like recent years, like a lot of years, right. That piece is huge. I'm sure for you guys as well. Yeah. And I mean, it's already worked oh out. Oh my gosh. You guys were getting stream crashed. Oh yeah. no. We have, we have- Casey NWSL goalkeeping coach Allie Lipscher somehow made it onto the stream. Oh, that's right. You're from Minnesota. (laughs) Allie, you are are also going to be acclaimed for as long as I'm alive as a Minnesotan because you spent all of several years here. And so now you're a Minnesotan for life. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe you're on the show. How's it going down down in Kansas City? Screw Allie. Let's say hi to Rue. Yeah, no, I brought her yeah. for you. <laughs> Dogs are really important to Blue Crew, so very important. Yeah, I figured <laughs> we use it. We need to like convince fans, right, to come over. So I mean, I brought a dog. I figured that was a good. Yeah. Yes, you're smart. Yeah. <laughs> good. Well, anyone anyone who follows Allie on Instagram or social media knows knows Rue because Rue is the star of those accounts. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> Allie, we just got word from Danielle about uh, the keeper situation out in Kansas City. What what's it been like for you to get down there and sort of get your roots, even during a you know global uh, health pandemic? Yeah, I mean, I feel like if, there, if there's any place to be during a pandemic, it's it's on a team because you're spending all your time with them anyway, right? Um, but it's it's been great. The keepers have been have been awesome. Um, we're all super excited to get started. It's been a super long preseason. Um, so finally rounding that last corner, I'm actually at the, at our home field. Now we're going to check it out. Um, so just excited. The, the excitement's building. And, and Ali, we'll give you, we'll give you exclusive access to the fans right now. What's, you know, what would your pitch be to them? And if, if they come down, where will you hang out with them sort of post game, assuming they're really cool and maybe rocking a first line football. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> My, all the coincidences that I met. <laughs> um, I mean, my my pitch is really look if if you like super bad traffic and you like your flights delayed and you like your rivers green, then Chicago's your city, right? <laughs> if you like literally anything else or you don't like those things, then come on, baby, we're right here. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Allie, Allie, thank you so much for for crashing. It was great, great, great to see Rue live as well. Yes, uh, we will get. We will make sure we get some Minnesotans down there to to cheer on the keepers down in Kansas City. Good to see you, Allie. All right, thanks, guys. Take care. Tell the team hi. We will see ya. Oh my gosh, what a surprise! <laughs> oh my God. Happened. We got Zoom crashed. It's early in the pandemic, and we got Zoom crashed. <laughs> uh, but I think I do. I do think what you mentioned, Maya, is super huge. Just because having the local connection to the team is pretty rare with the coaching staff. Um, just because, I mean. 
the NWSL is is nowhere near gender parity in head coaches. We don't. I don't even know if we have an American majority. It's still a bunch of British dudes. I feel like or international dudes. Um, so it's like having having folks who have local connection is a pretty big deal. I don't know. Is it? Um, you know, what's it been like in terms of sort of fans jumping back on with the team coming back? Has it been sort of a flood of emotion for folks to just be like, oh my gosh, we're right back in the deep end? Or has it been sort of, it's a new ownership group too. So I'm sure a lot of stuff is sort of new and fresh for folks. Yeah, it's it's a lot of people coming back and it feels like we're returning, but it, you know, like you said, it feels all new. It's like a new team, new excitement, all that. Uh, the response, I, I'm sure that, just seeing the team, they said the numbers they've gotten for deposits and all that have been off the wall. But uh, from a Blue perspective, we have three times the members already that we had at the end of the 2017 season, and they haven't played one minute yet. So that's unreal. Yeah, it's been it's been great, and we're so excited. I mean. Every day I feel like we get another order and I'm like, these people want to be involved. We're doing it. This is great. This is what we always wanted. So, yeah, the response has just been huge. Like we've had people reaching out, wanting to help out with stuff, which is great. You know, we want to get people involved as much as we can. We want to grow this as much as we can. And it's just been awesome to see the excitement from everybody. Mm -hmm. And I know, I know in terms of, going into sort of the game day experience that you all will have this year, maybe considering you have so many new folks, maybe it's all going to be a little bit new, but talk a little bit too about um, even just where you all are playing. I know it's sort of been kind of a, a, a rumor level or conversation level thing of like, Oh, they want to create a new stadium, maybe downtown for folks who have not played at like sporting KC's stadium. That's out by the NASCAR track. It's out, you know, like similar to Chicago, like out a little bit similar to, you know, a lot of places, but what, you know, talk about where the team's going to be playing and sort of what your game day preparation is like for sort of new old habits that you all will have this year. Yeah. yeah so, so oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Okay. <laughs> We're so in sync. It's like the ah. same sweater, the same words. <laughs> we are ready. Scary. So uh, the stadium that we're going to be playing at is actually like right next to sporting stadium. So um, it's actually a baseball stadium, but they are kind of working it out so we can have a soccer pitch on there. Um, it was, it's called a field of legends. Uh, it's been rebranded with the, uh, the local uh, baseball team, uh, formerly the T-Bones, now the uh, KC Monarchs. Mm. Um, I believe the branding uh, came from the uh, Negro League Baseball Museum in oh. Kansas City. So it's kind of a tribute to that. So it's it's kind of cool that we get to play on that field that has that awesome name, the Field of Legends. So and cool. it's in it's in an interesting area. There's a shopping center like right next to it. So if you don't want to pay for parking, you can just park at the shopping center and walk over. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, and um, if you want to see, actually, the team about an hour ago posted a video uh, with the architect who's designing the switch from the baseball to soccer and. They're not just making it easy and like, oh, well, the pitcher's bounds is going to be over there. We'll work around it. They're taking out the pitcher bounds for the games, which is a lot of work. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, it looked really cool. And having an architect firm to, um, to do it means that they want to make sure it's done right. right. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, when it comes to game day, we, we want to just start new. You know, all those traditions, everything from before. 
um, was great at the time, but we were smaller. Now we we're bigger. We want to make a statement. The team's here to stay. It's bigger, better. So, um, you know, post pandemic, if that's a thing, um, we'll have some tailgating, um, stuff like that. And we want to make sure it's inclusive. Um, everyone can come if we've never, uh, talked before, if you don't know anyone, well, that's fine. We're friends now type thing. Um, go into the stadium. We'll do some marching into the stadium. We'll have flags. It's going to be a soccer experience and it's going to be very, we hope it's very similar to what soccer fans and Casey are used to at the place down the road, mm-hmm. um, at, um, CM park. So we're mm-hmm. really excited to establish these new traditions and, um, other Fans of other teams cannot march in with us and cannot sit with us. You're just also you're also pulling up that drawbridge. You're like, well, you know what? (laughs) If Chicago's going to pull this on us, we're not going to let slide. They can tailgate with us, I guess, as long as they don't bring uh, their stupid, gross alcohol with them. (laughs) They can come. Yes, mentioned that. She mentioned that. We don't know what it is. No. We'll, uh, we'll make them do shots of barbecue sauce. Yeah. Our, our response to that. Just get the get their salt in. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> it's, do you do you all do stuff for um for away games? Do you ever try and do um stuff down at like the Power and Light District and stuff like that? I feel like I always see that with like national team games. But is that something that the sort of local pro teams try and pull off? Um, I know that uh, sporting actually has its own pub down mm-hmm. at Power and Light. So I think they do watch parties there for sporting games. Mm-hmm. Um, back when we had FCKC, we we kind of tried to do away watch parties, but it just never really worked out. So mm-hmm. uh, we have talked about the possibility of doing that this time around. Uh, we're mm-hmm. still, still kind of in the planning stages of that, but it is definitely something we want to look into. It's one of those things we push down the road because we're like, all right, that's post-COVID. Right. We, can, we can procrastinate a little bit, but Power and Lights is fun. Uh, we did it kind of outside because I feel like most right. soccer fans are in kind of the suburb area. Mm-hmm. And for away parties, you know, have it be a little more local to where you are in case, you know, you have to get an Uber and don't want to pay too much coming yep. back from the bar. Yep, right. Yeah, and I and I should say I'm asking you all these questions with you having to like project normal health standards onto everything. So you all are being, you all are being real troopers, like dealing with all of that. It also it's, lets us like be like, oh, I, well, I we don't have to say I don't know. I mean, I don't know. We, yeah, that's true. We can all live in this this really sweet naive world where eventually everyone's vaccinated and we're all being res- like we've all been responsible, so we get to be irresponsible. We can all let's pretend that that will be a time. <sighs> so well, excited. well you have there's so much you know with the new ownership group the team coming back obviously even just the cool new merch like you know all this exciting um uh energy behind it what else do you want to you know say to folks about sort of what the what it's been like for you all this sort of fall and winter and spring and um sort of what it's like to be part of this team now that's come back and you all sort of get this this sort of juice this boost of um excitement Honestly, this is so cheesy to say, but it's like a dream come true. Um, You know, it's hard to describe what it feels like losing a team that's part of your identity. Uh, If you haven't felt it, I don't recommend it. It's brutal. And so, you know, we're all in kind of different locations. We 
uh, being kind of an o, uh, original team. We have people down in Texas and all these places. And the, the games are where we came together. And to lose it, you know, it wasn't losing friends, but it was losing access. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so um, last December, it was like a dream come true. And it was so happy and so joyous. And then it, the last couple months, it's been like, oh, we have to hurry. We have to hurry. This, <laughs> we have to plan. We have to plan. So... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been kind of a whirlwind. Like we've, uh, there were kind of whispers for a little while that we might be getting a team back. And I think, I know I was kind of of the attitude like, oh, we're not going to get a team back. They're not going to give us another team. And then uh, it got announced. We're like, this is actually happening. Like we, this is, this is a thing. So yeah, it's been kind of, uh, we've been kind of in a frenzy of planning things and coming up with ideas and trying to get people involved. And it's, it's just been great. Honestly, yeah. it's been the best. Mm -hmm. Well, this is, I mean, you all are a blast to chat with. It was great to meet you. Great for Minnesota fans to sort of get a sense of who they can hang out with at the, the big parking lot down, down at the stadium. Um, for folks who, you know, maybe haven't followed you yet to follow the blue crew on Twitter. I'm sure that'll be a nice inroads for you. If you happen to do a road trip down there, as I mentioned before, the challenge cup starts, I believe on April 9th. So folks should even just tune in and watch, see those new kits, right? See them unveiled. Yeah. So uh, see Kansas city play in the challenge cup as sort of a nice kickoff and see if it's a team you want a road trip to. And then uh, we'll make sure uh, we connect with you if we're down there, Danielle and Anna. Thanks so much for, for joining us. Yes, thanks, yeah, thanks for having us. us. Thanks it's been so much fun. Maya, I think, I mean, I remember if that stadium is where I think it was, I remember going to a barbecue joint near that stadium too. I think there's a few, you know, it's a kind of a sea of parking lots vibe, but I think within that sea of parking lots, there are a few things to go to. I mean, Kansas City Barbecue is a huge incentive there, Matt. I mean, if, if you're, if you're going to do it, right, you got to fully commit to it. So what are, well, what are the big things you, what are the big things that ticked off for you in terms of Kansas City or Chicago? Like when you want to go to a game, you know, what are your sort of have to avoids and must haves, you know, it, like uh, what, what jumped out to you? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have, like, I'm not super high maintenance at all. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if I have a definitely need to avoid list. Um, right. If I, we were, if we were down there, would we just need to, would you like try and find a bar to have a couple drinks first or would you just try and hang in the parking lot? What's your, what would I be your go-to? I think I'd prefer bar. I think I'd yeah. prefer bar. Yeah. Um, I think I definitely prefer dogs. Right. So if there's dogs involved, that's always a huge plus. Right. So, uh, if Rue's there, I, I'm probably there. Um, right. um, no, yeah, for sure. I think, I think I'd, I'd definitely prefer going to get drinks beforehand um, and, and kind of taking that route. But yeah, not super high maintenance, Matt. The, the dog strategy is tough though. Even the gophers have a dog day at ELR sometimes. And I'm like, well, I can't bring my dogs because what would I do while I'm covering this game? I can't, well, yeah. I can't Some hold these maniacs. Yeah, that's fair. Some of us do have to work, but if right. you're just watch, please bring your dogs. <laughs> right. Well, and, and Maya, you had some earlier stories of playing in Kansas city, but for you, you know, now that soccer's back, uh, like, are we going to have to send some Minnesotans down to see Ali? Are we going to have to go down to Chicago and actually do a road trip? Would you, would you actually do that or just try and cheer from afar and be a good sort of digital supporter? Yeah. See, that's the hard part. Like I have, I have a lot of connections to a lot of different teams, right? right. So, I don't know if I can 
really uh, imprint myself on any one team. I don't know if I can do it. I don't right. know if I can do right. it. I might have to stay neutral. I might have to be Switzerland here. Could you uh, ever, but could you do a recruiting trip for your, for your job, job? Could we have you, could we have you on recruiting trips down to like Missouri or Kansas and then you could swing by a game or you could be covering a showcase in Chicago? Is yeah, that very, that's how we swing it, right? Like, so I'm not really like, I'm not really stating my allegiance anywhere, right? It's just, right. I happen to be in the area, right? So yeah, right. maybe that's how we swing it. Yeah, I think, well, I mean, I think, you know, if Minnesota can't have an NWSL team, we're lucky to have a couple within driving distance. This is this has been a blast to talk about it with you. Um, I mean, for, for folks who haven't been following, the Gophers are also doing pretty damn well, thanks to the addition to some nice offensive uh, flavor on the coaching staff. Some good. You're you're doing. I even when you mentioned how many goals you scored, I could. I was like, oh, I don't know if we can mention that. That's a jinx. <laughs> Maya, Maya has been willing. Maya has been single-handedly willing more goals, if possible, into the Minnesota soccer uh, atmosphere. So we appreciate that. Um, yeah. Anything else that stuck up to you, Maya, about these these supporters groups? I think they both seem like crews that would be really fun to hang with on game day. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think just obviously I appreciate the inclusive environment of both, right? They stated that pretty heavily, right? And that's a huge piece to it, right? Because yeah, especially if you're you're just branching out, right? Just starting to um, experience that journey of, of who to support and how to do it, right? Like mm-hmm. those environments and how how they operate, it's, it's super super important. And so I just I, I like the piece of kind of come one, come all, right? And yeah. just, come see what it's about. Right. Uh, I think it was a, it was pretty cool getting to chat with each of them today. I feel like that's, that's definitely a staple of, of soccer in general, but even more of a staple in women's soccer. I've just found so many um, supporters and like-minded folks who are game to just try and jump in sort of shoulder to shoulder and uh, you know, be supportive of each other. It's, it's been the sense in Minnesota and even the fact that these supporters groups are like, yeah, we'll do a show in Minnesota where we have like no members. Um, so I just I appreciate the hell out of that. Agree with you. The the single biggest thing is that they they seem like really cool, uh, welcoming folks who would be sort of nice to grab a bite with before the game and to cheer on those squads. So excited for the NWL to come back. I'll say it a third time. Challenge Cup is coming back on April 9th. Games will be on then. So a really good way to sort of watch the pro level. And I will tell you, if you have not watched the league yet, just throw on a game. Try one. Try a second one. Try a third one. The the quality of play is really good. Like yep. there, this is some of the best, you know, best talent in the entire world. Yep. Um, and I personally know how hard it is to a cheer for a single team when they're not in your, in your location, but let's all just pretend we're Maya and we have connections to all these. <laughs> Dabble. There you go. Dabble. All there right. Thanks Maya. This was great. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Matt. Yep.